When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the podcast that still likes to play with one up front. This week, Alan McGregor gets banned for not actually hitting a sheep. Top turns to who grassed him up. We enjoy talking about who fingered Shagger rather than the other way about for once. We also ask, is Craig Levine unlucky or just a sour-faced twat? All that and more coming up on the Heart and Hand mini-podcast. Okay, you join us this week for the mini-podcast, taking a leaf out of Craig Levine's book. We're going with a revolutionary formation of just two. So it's myself, David Edgar, and I'm joined by Cameron Bell. Hello, hello. The reason we're going for a mini-podcast this week, listeners, is that usually we'd have a week off during International Week, but the last time we did that, we received a... Well, if not a storm of complaint, then certainly, you know, a a light shower. Of complaint. So this week we've got a mini pod um, just to keep you ticking over until next week. So we're asked by our, our podcast masters at Playback Media to view everything through a Rangers prism, and we'll start off then with the well, the abomination that was Scotland's death of football tactics against the Czech Republic on Friday night. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the way how um, we get leathered for uh, playing defensively in Manchester, but yet the Scotland tactics don't really seem to have been getting the same level of criticism in my eyes. Yeah, no, I do. Honestly, I just think that maybe it's because we're representing Scottish football in England, and there's obviously a lot of criticism in England already of Scottish football and stuff, and I think maybe that was a bit to play with it. But Scotland, I've never seen ever in my life of watching football, which is close on 20 years at least now, the formation with no strikers. Never seen that in my life. I've never seen it before, and I hope never to see it again. It really was just the worst elements of football all thrown together and, and it was also I thought rather naive of, of Levine who knows more about football than I do I'll, I'll hold my hand up to that but you know without an, an out ball 
then the ball just never got out of the, the t- Scotland third, really. Uh, and a poor Czech Republic team that looked inevitable till they'd score. Yeah, exactly. And I don't even think that that Czech team was its you know as strongest ever. The Czech team itself has not really been fantastic in the last kind of five years or so. And I remember them playing some fantastic football about ten years ago. They were See, really, I wondered really that. Did Craig Levine think he was playing the Czech Republic in 1996? I know yeah. Back to the Future's back out. And I was yeah. wondering <laughs> it's if getting he, remastered. Yeah, and if he thought that he was Patrick Berger. Then, uh, who was it? Man United, Paborski. Paborski, yeah. But like you say, though, the Czech team at the moment now, in my opinion, are no real great shakes. They've got Tomic Rosicki, who I even forgot was a professional footballer. So few with his appearances for Arsenal. The bottom line here is that we're turning around now and saying that that team were there and we could have had a go at them. But we from have a, a go. But from a, defen- from a defensive perspective, then you can understand it why he wants to play that. Walter surprised all of us by saying he wanted to play a 4-5-1 against Man United. However, in the Czech Republic, what we've done is we've actually omitted a striker when, from a defensive perspective, that gives you a point man to try and hit when you want to, to get the ball and give your... Yeah, even the, give you, even give about Kenny Miller, even when he's off form, is he's going to go down and run the channel for you. Yeah, exactly. But even though you might have McFadden that you can maybe put up there if his options were limited, but I he's just injured, don't... is he not? Oh, is he? Oh, right, yeah. sorry, well, I didn't realise I don't really like James McFadden. But the bottom line is, though, even if you wanted to play Miller, then you could have put him there. No, no, I, I'm going to interrupt you there, right? Go Thank you very much for your credibility bursting start to the podcast there. You're sitting there and you're giving it the in-depth tactical analysis of Scotland and then you went, oh, and they could have played James McFair. I mean, wouldn't they, you know, oh, they could have played Asa Hartford. Right, that's yeah, how much you yeah. know about this. So, right, we'll take Or they could have played Peter Crouch, right, okay. Yeah, you, underst- you understand your point. Right, you, you, you know, just, this is, see, this is why we were having this debate tonight before we started, listeners, about, you know, Cammy's growing star in the podcast and about how he feels that uh, I steal his thunder because basically what I do is I cut all Cammy's funny stuff out during the edit process and if it's been particularly funny and then overdub myself saying it um and at the podcast but when mistakes like that that's amateur i wouldn't do that do you know what I've, i'm gonna bow to your superior knowledge because i remember the last time the last time that we spoke about Scottish looks. football in the podcast you actually had to make a, a stern point of the fact that you knew who scotland had played and in what competition so yeah you're right i've obviously not done the level of research that you've done into it. well that is true but uh, i think you know we are here to talk about it not so much from the scotland point of view but from the rangers point of view and i thought that davy weir was excellent alan mcgregor was fantastic i mean really saved it from being a hammering uh and i didn't really feel that that naismith or whitaker was uh, a heck of a lot they could do based no. on how poor the team the team was lined up i felt really sorry for the scotland team see to be honest with you because I just thought they'd been sent out with a formation they didn't understand, and no wonder, no one had ever seen it before. They didn't know what to do, and it didn't work, and Levine still wouldn't change it. No, he's not going to He's not gonna adapt it. When you remove the possibility of a goal, and Scotland did, with the way they lined up, you give your fans nothing, not even that hope. Now, we went to, to Manchester, and we've been to various places, we've played defensively, but you're always giving the fans the belief, you know, there's the chance something might happen. I think Lisbon was a great example. We went, we played defensively, two perfect counter-attacks, two, two beautiful goals, and going further back Ireland Road all those years ago. Whether it's something he's unwilling to do or incapable of doing, I don't know. But Did you again, say incapable? Yeah, well, in, well, yeah, incapable of doing, sorry. See, it's a shame that all these great points you're making are being lost in a storm of piss poor language and get lack of knowledge I, I would hope so I'm, I'm deeply regretting you know letting Scott go off on holiday this week at this point Cammy but well, let him out of his cage well he, he did have a, a prior commitment which frankly I think to you the podcast listeners is inexcusable you know where's the dedication but you know who's, who's going to miss Scott no no one no one um, Mark's outside in the hope that I will let him in you know, he's he's actually parked up and he's he's sitting outside with his, uh, his spine binoculars, which he usually uses on, on 
young ladies he's now using on us. Craig Levine, now by the time you come to listen to us listeners, he may have beaten Spain, he may have got a draw against Spain, he may be flavour of the month again, but I don't think that that takes away from how badly wrong he got it. I don't think it takes away from how arrogant he is, and he just cannot handle criticism at all, and I don't think it takes away from the fact that I still think he looks sinister. I just would not trust that guy around about. See, with a little bit more makeup, could he maybe pull off a panto baddie look? He reminds me of Storm Lee. From X Factor. I don't watch X Factor. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Well, why did you spend two hours on Saturday night talking to me about it on Facebook? Because I was being quite whimsical about the fact that this is basically chewing gum for. I hate people like you, right? You sit <sighs> and you watch it, and you you know, and then you enjoy it, and because you were you were having the time of your life there, and then you come and go. Ha, 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 I don't actually enjoy it, you know, but I watch. It's on in the background. It's because I'm not like you simple-minded to hate something without actually understanding what about it is fundamentally you hate about it. You turn around and say to me, oh yeah, no, you really, really enjoyed it. I didn't really enjoy it. If you want to look back at the conversation that we had, which I know you save because, you know, you want to keep all your conversations with me close to your heart, you'll actually notice that I'm criticising practically everything that's happening. Oh, as opposed to me, who's who's getting a tattoo of the names of the bands on it. Yeah. No, everybody thinks it's rubbish. That's the thing. Everybody knows X Factor is rubbish. What I would say is, though, I am nothing if not resolutely populist in my taste. And can I just say the X Factor birds this year, I would want to do every single one of them. So, apart from the Irish bird, uh, who's, who's a bit scary. but she's Yeah, she's a big bitch, isn't she? Anyway, Nikit Jelovic is out for four yeah. months. The argument being that he didn't intend to injure him, which I understand, but he launched himself into him to bring him down with no intent at all to play the ball. Now, you're going to run the risk of injuring somebody then, surely? Well, his direct quote says, Unfortunately, his speed meant I caught him more than I thought I would. So that means then, basically, that he's got an intent to, to hit him. Yeah. Which, okay, fair enough. You can understand football's a contact sport. That might happen. But... He's got a degree of malice in there, as far as I'm concerned. And if he's going to make tackles like that, then he should be brought to book. I think it, we all seen cynical fouls. We've all seen a defender pull somebody back, and, and while they're annoying, they're not going to injure somebody. I mean, four months the guy's out for, and yeah, we're bleating a little bit because he was a big part of our transfer budget, and he looked really good, and he was really sharp. But you know, Ian Black has had no attempt to play the ball there. He's deliberately trying to bring the guy down. That to me runs a risk of injury. And as you say, is that not the kind of thing, things that endanger players that we should be looking to stamp out? Exactly. But then. You you look case in point, very similar example with Ben Arthur for Newcastle and the De Jong tackle in the recent game against Man City. De Jong was sent home from the Dutch FA squad because of the fact that um, they didn't want him included within that. Marseille, who Ben Arthur is on loan from to, to Newcastle, Newcastle, are now considering taking legal action against De Jong as well. He's you know got some real problems coming up here. Now, I know there's been a bit of a kind of stink recently with some of the injuries that have been picked up down in England, and a few managers have actually been named and shamed as saying they're encouraging players to go and do this. But if it wasn't for the fact that Rangers fans are actually trying to you know, raise this issue, th- this whole incident would just simply go unabated. Well, it was the BBC chose not to show it. Uh, yeah. they, they chose to, to not put it in the highlights, despite it clearly being a very important matter. Uh, anybody who watched the BBC highlights would be wondering, you know, why Nikit Jelovic is out for four yeah. months. But again, the point with this was the fact that Black, once the injury, or the extent of the injury, I should say, was diagnosed and then was obviously released out to the kind of the, the 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 mass public, Black, as soon as the game had finished, they said we didn't deserve to to lose that game. We felt that the tackle and Papach was legitimate. Blah blah blah. blah Did blah. the ref cost them the game? Didn't exactly. He? Yeah. Exactly. So he was more about the result, 
And then as soon as the injury came to light and obviously how bad it was, he then came out and, in fact, he didn't even apologize. I was going to say half-heartedly apologize. He didn't even apologize for it. He just came out and said, okay, it's a shame that he's out for as long as he is. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, tough. That's yeah, it's football. And and that's that's unacceptable. I think what made me uh, a little bit annoyed by the whole thing was he didn't get done because he did a yellow card. Whereas Alan McGregor, who didn't kick an Aberdeen player, I believe it was whatever young still there now, I don't want to pay any attention to Aberdeen if I don't have to, he didn't kick him. Uh, and he was then dealt with by the SFA because somebody grassed him up to the SFA who then decided to look at it. And never mind that Scott Brown did exactly the same against Kilmarnock a few weeks ago and no punishment was forthcoming. Alan McGregor gets banned. Now, it's not a huge loss to us. We've got a home game coming up with Motherwell. We've got a great reserve keeper, Neil Alexander. The whole thing stinks, though. You've got a guy not kicking someone and being suspended and you've got a guy clattering somebody, putting him out of the game for four months, not being suspended. That can't be right. Well... There's, there's three key points here for me personally. The first one is the fact that, as you say, this farce with the fact that if the, the referee had seen that, he would have booked McGregor, he would then have dealt with the incident, and obviously as SFA rules now dictate, you can't take any further action on that because you're empowering the referee by yeah. saying, you've dealt with it, done, that's yeah, it, finished. absolutely. The second point here is that someone, because it wasn't included in any match report afterwards, as far as I'm aware, no club, the player who was concerned, whichever one it was, didn't report it. Like, you know, they didn't make... That's that professionalism. We know what... But it doesn't really matter, does it? The young brothers are interchangeable. Both shite. Yeah, exactly. But the thing is, he's not come out and said, oh, well, you know, he was trying to be kicking me or whatever. I think Mark McGee has come out and said, none really happened. You know, that's been about... In reaction to, obviously, the case now being brought to the SFA Disciplinary Committee. But the third point here was that Jim Trainer was actually disallowing people on his show to discuss this because people wanted to go on his show and say who was on the disciplinary committee and he wanted to find out the actual kind of ins and outs of it and Trainer refused to discuss it. So not only is the whole setup a farce, there's obviously clearly a, an agenda here which says if you criticise it towards any extent, you're going to have some major problems. I think that there should be a lot more transparency. Um, Bill Leckie in The Sun was saying that we usually have this when it comes to disciplinary, but this was just battered through. So that is quite interesting. Uh, you know the young brothers that played mm. for Aberdeen? See, if I was their dad, I'd be having a wee word with, with a wife and just inquiring to make sure that you know whenever she's been taking delivery of a Chinese meal, she wasn't getting too friendly with the delivery driver because they boys don't look as though they come for... You know. Same stock. Well, you know, no, maybe not. I mean, I could be wrong, but uh, always been a pair of kind of whinging weed shites, haven't they? Both both Rangers fans, apartly, yeah, which I means that they're probably the least popular players in Aberdeen dressing room. Just got to be Xander Diamond, surely. No, nah, no. Nah, well, there's a big, massive Celtic bias up there. Anyway, Diamond's yeah. probably the the pinnacle of it. You know what I mean? So, see, that's why I refuse to hate Aberdeen more than I hate Celtic. I think that would just encourage them. Mm, well, true, yeah. You know, the, to me, they will always just be what they are, which is a pathetic little club going through its death rattle up north. And you know, please let them get relegated. I would laugh myself. I would actually shit myself. I would evacuate my bowels into my trousers, and I would roll about my own filth, caked in it. And still, the mirth wouldn't leave me. The irony of that would be the fact that if you were to do that entire movement, as you've just said, you would become like an Aberdonian. That's a good point. So, yeah, very unlucky. So, yeah, what you're suggesting is that people from Aberdeen do that as a way of heating themselves rather than spending money on... People on from Aberdeen who are not Rangers fans. Absolutely, but we should we should always exempt that. But Rangers fans, you know, but I, I always I always feel that what we should do is... When the podcast really kind of gets to its main highest level of power and one of us is elected... Well, you won't be here when that ...president happens. of the world. Well, yeah, probably not. I'll, I'll have a better class, I guess, than I'd you imagine so, yeah. You'll go up in happens. levels, yeah. But, well, I'll instigate this plan now then for when President Edgar is ruler of the world. 
what I'd like to suggest is that we have a satellite with a laser go round the borders of Aberdeen and then the rest of Scotland can join hands and in unison kick it off into (laughs) the sea and then it can become its own independent farm um, animal molesting nation island. of fit like yeah but we get all, obviously all the all the bears and all the rangers fans off it get all them off oh, yeah, stuff, yeah, obviously well. get make sure they're saved because they're obviously up there for some reason something's happened a bird or their jaw oh, or right, something right. brought them up there and they're never going you wouldn't go there from fun, would you? no no not at all no. no and there might be guys whose you know parents were or grandparents were rangers fans have kept them there and they maybe don't want to move away for them sort of but, like a commonwealth thing right sort of like you know you have the ancestral visa so people you know from the West Indies can can come over here because of that, and yeah. I, I thought, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think Ab- Aberdeen, work. Aberdeen is like you know the French colonies that were in Africa and stuff that no one really cares about. And if you're good enough, then maybe we'll include you within the main group. Yeah. But otherwise, just you know, piss off and we don't end to do with you. That's what we want. Okie doke. Uh, right. Well, I, I think we'd agree that SFA total farce uh, and made yet another complete dick of themselves. And speaking of making a complete dick of yourself, it's time for this week's Spears of the week. We need a nickname for you. People on the Facebook were suggesting them, and you know, somebody suggested Sea Bell, somebody suggested Sea Man, somebody suggested Sea Men, somebody suggested Bell End. I like Bell End. I think we should go with Bell End. Oh, I know you like Bell End. Uh, I'd rather walk into that one, didn't I? Yeah, you've walked into a few <laughs> Bell Ends. <laughs> My excuses are, are kind of going out the window. Yeah, you try anything once. Uh, does this mean that you're incapable of doing it? See, I got it right this time, so there you go, I'm, I'm doing it. I've had to teach you how to speak English. Yeah, I talk England good. I might apparently be a, I might apparently joke. be a practicing homosexual, but <laughs> at least I can ask a man to clean his teeth first. A, a practicing homosexual. You've omitted the word rampant from that as well. No, I, for me, if I was going to be a, a homosexual description, I think that the epithet I'd like before it is predatory. Um, anyway, this week Spears. It's odd, isn't it? You come to Spears of the week. We start discussing homosexuals. I meant to tell you. I, f- I completely forgot about this. The last podcast I did. Yeah. Um, I. Went home, got dropped off uh, in Byers Road, and was walking down to go and meet a friend of mine down the pub. And uh, you'll never guess who was walking behind me. Was it Graham Spears? It was. See, it was to be honest, Graham. given the way that conversation was going, it would have been fairly bad if I hadn't been able to. Come no, up but with I was it. hoping that the the listeners would have stopped their listening device at that point. And thought <laughs> I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a real think about this. Write down maybe. T- 10, 20 guesses, and then hopefully they were right. So no, it's like a wee interactive. I, I, I think they probably did get that, but I hope Spears listens to the podcast. Well, he, he, I, I was honestly hoping that he was maybe going to be listening to previous podcasts on his listening device and then like maybe crying himself into such a stupid he stood in the junction of Byers Road and yeah, hopefully get run over by an Arctic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, oh, I've said absolutely again. Remember, I was I was going oh, yeah, to say that, yeah. bollocks. Uh, for new listeners, um, my comfort word we've discovered in the pod is absolutely, and I say it all the time when I'm trying to stop it. So it's another fifty pl with a meter. Right, uh, spears of the week is our section dedicated to whoever in Scottish football has made a total walloper of themselves over the past week or so. This week is an absolutely fantastic week for it. I mean, there are so many. Uh, now, normally, I don't I don't join in spears of the week, and normally you don't win it. Uh, I'm so still not going to win it this you're week. You're not likely to win it. There's only two of us, and I'm going to have to join in. Otherwise, it's going to be you giving a Spears of the Week, and even I would think it was a fix if or when you don't win it. So, with I'm going to go this week for my Spears of the Week, and I'm going to have to go for the BBC panel, with John Collins accepted, who I thought was very good, but the BBC coverage of the Czech Republic debacle. 
This isn't to get Craig Levine off the hook. He is definitely the uber spears of the week for the 4-6 formation. Death of football. Yeah, yeah. Telling you that right now. But uh, first of all, Pat Nevin. You know, not a favourite of, of ours on this pod, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, pretty much. Pat came away with the glorious statement, Kenny Miller maybe wouldn't have been such a good choice because he hasn't been scoring away from home for Rangers this season. Well, there was a two against Aberdeen. Hamilton Ackies. There was a one against Hamilton. And then Pat, the Hibs fan, seems to have forgotten a hat-trick that, that Kenny Miller scored at Easter Road. So apart from those six, he hasn't been scoring away from home. No. And I also have to go for Kevin Gallagher, who was once memorably described in Follow Follow magazine back in the days of the fanzine as ageing beggar Kevin Gallagher, <laughs> um, which is at any time I see him, I think of that. But he's actually not a bad commentator in terms of the tactical analysis. He does help you out. Firstly, though, he sounds as though English isn't his first language. And secondly, he came away with belters. And I've written some of these down. It's a nice welcome. We've got two glass goalkeepers. I think what he was trying to say is a welcome change. We've got two class goalkeepers. Yeah. But what he said was, it's a nice welcome. We've got two glass goalkeepers. Which sounds like a kind of figurine set you would get your mum, doesn't it? I've got, I've got you a pair of glass goalies, Ma. Actually, that sounds rude. Um, he then said, they fans are big smiles on the faces. Which I've no idea where he was going for with that. And then my very, my very favourite one. They, <laughs> the gaps they haven't been getting and they'll be getting in easier. Oh. Now, you can't get away from it, can you? Do you know what I would love? I would love to read a text exchange between him and Charlie Nicholas. That would be dynamite. Could you, could you imagine the messages they leave in each other's answering machines? You need a week to interpret what the one of them is I, I, I think it would be fantastic. It's like, you know, just, did you want to go out for a pint? It would be just a massive thing yeah. of 20 languages. You know, do you want to go out, drink for pint and pubbing? Uh, but the, the, the thing is, though, I've already made a massive bollock up on my is English it too easy already. To just so say blame the, blame the schools. Well, yeah, but the thing is, the, the point I was going to make was I've already said a massive kind of English grammatical error, which I totally hold my hands up for. That's fine. However, mm. I'm not paid to go on national TV to go and do this. Mm. So you'd think that someone would turn around and say, do you know what, maybe it would be a good idea to teach this guy a language. I think Just any language. It is frustrating because the likes of Kevin Gallagher, he's not a great talker, which is unfortunate because he did have some decent tactical analysis. Then you've got the likes of Charlie Nicholas, who doesn't give a great deal of tactical analysis. And with him, you sort of wonder why they have him on. But the, the panel that they had in the studio, they had Paul Hartley, who, to his eternal credit, did look absolutely stunned by the shite he was sitting watching. You then had uh, John Collins, who that was very good. John Collins is usually very good, and he seems to know what he's talking about. But then you had Pat Nevin, who is now starting to resemble... If you, if you can imagine... a. Uh, a slug which had grown into human size and groomed children on the internet. And then went that's, to Specsavers. That's as creepy as Pat Nevin is getting now. He yeah. is starting to sort of resemble the child catcher from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. That's, that's weird. That's exactly what I was going to use as well. He, isn't he? He's just, there's something about the guy now that when he comes on my TV, I, I sort of instantly go for the for the, the, the cleaner and try to polish it because he just, he le- I need a shower after watching Pat Nevin. He leaves me feeling unclean. You know your fictitious child, which you don't have. Absolutely, yeah. People, do you... Uh, well, that David Junior out the room when Pat Evan comes on the TV. Yeah, kinda like, I just would you would you please leave because I just don't want you seeing it. I, yeah. I, the, the image of Pat Netna burns into my retinas. Uh, Pat Netna, Pat see it's catching, uh, and he's just so awful and he's shite at football punditry and he's scary and he sits there and he gives it the big I am and you think the only thing you've done since you stopped playing football, and I can't say if it was good, bad or different because I didn't see enough of them at the time, but all you've done since you've stopped being football is cost 19 Motherwell players their job 
as the chief executive of Motherwell. Yeah. You were in charge of when the club and the administration. So here's a wee tip, Pat. Why don't you try just once shutting the fuck up? How would that work? Yeah, I think it's yeah. No, I I, I can see where you're coming from because I remember I, I actually texted you when we were watching when I was watching the Scotland game. Because you're not allowed to watch games with me. No, I won't have you in my house other than for the pod. No, but the thing is, and even then, just because I've got honours to kick you, watching watching that and then it was like a series of kind of installments of letdowns where you you saw the formation and you're like Jesus Christ what is this that's going on <laughs> Miller not included probably not going to go on then you watch the actual football itself was fairly grim not really a great deal of kind of points to highlight and then you go back to Rob now I went into the pub just as the game was starting so I didn't I didn't get the build up and stuff not that I would really be kind of caring much about it anyway but then you get the you get back to the panel and then Rob McLean has to turn around and say let's get the thoughts of Paul Hartley John Collins and Pat Nevin now see at that point why would you not be thinking is this all that life can really offer me <laughs> is there no escape really from this and then you've got to sit there and watch this you know these three fuds and let's call them fuds I don't like John Collins either to be honest with you I know you seem to think he's alright you're like the same school these guys that like John Hughes because he can I talk like John properly Hughes. No, I just think he's alright no, but it's not it's because the I thing is you get, an ex, you get an ex-Celtic player who can string a sentence together and then suddenly he's an alright kind of guy when no, he's not that's right. not true ah, yeah, it is, don't, try true. To, no, don't try and paint me out like all of a sudden I'm sitting here I'm Brendan McGillicutty with my R.A. tattoo just because I don't hate John Collins I, I'm not nec- it's not necessarily the fact that you have to hate John Collins because of something he's done to you personally Obviously, Nevin's been round your house with a bag of sweets or something like that. I can tell you've obviously been scared Which ain't to my kid. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. See, I keep the pain inside, though, Cammy. Yeah, exactly. Just don't let, let it out. I'm going to let it out. But, so, this week, that has been the BBC panel, uh, was my nomination for Spears of the Week. So, now we've heard the winner, let's hear yours. Okay, well, today's runner-up will be, um, it's going to be George Pete, the SFA, really, has it not? Because mm-hmm. of this farcical disciplinary committee that were convened I'm thinking kangaroo court yeah, think yeah exactly. but use. yeah convened in the run up to the two pretty much the most two, two most important games that we've yeah. got coming up at the group and stuff as well to my knowledge um, I don't believe it is any other games scheduled so far but the next time Scotland playing a competitive game is next September and there'll obviously be friendlies and stuff organised by that point, if there haven't been already. And if there is, and people know about this, then I apologise for you my l- lack of knowledge on this. Craig Levine's going to be on the list to, to steal knickers off lines for a year, unencumbered by work. Him and Pat Nevin. For Run around Look, the place. Don't let your wife hang out a washing and keep your wains inside, listeners. Geeks and specs. Absolutely. So, um, 50p again. But the thing is that you turn around then and say that obviously someone has made this complaint. Now, let's say that... I, I mean, I don't know. We don't know who it is. So let's just call him a fictitious name. So let's just say his name's Peter Lawwell. <laughs> and what we're going to say is that Peter has then written to the SFA and said that nasty man kicked the other nasty man. And as a result of this, I want some sort of form of action taken. Now, the SFA could have turned around and said, well, in fairness, the McGregor situation is very delicate. And that's a separate discussion. But it's delicate, right? Let's put it like that. But there's no doubt in my mind that McGregor's the best goalkeeper Scotland can possibly pick. I, I like Craig Gordon. I just think that McGregor's a better goalkeeper. And someone, Pete, should have turned around and said, look, let's stick a pin in this. And let's wait five days until the national team have done their business. They don't play competitively for a year. So what we'll do is we'll have the discussion on Wednesday and then do it then. And then, however long the meeting is, which probably took all four and a half minutes, mm. the decision was then made, let's ban him for one game. Then that would have happened. But they decided to do this on a Friday, and the run-up for it 
to then say, okay, so against the Czech Republic, pulls off at least one outstanding world-class More save. than one, but one absolute yeah. top draw stop, yeah. Now you tell me then, let's say theoretically, right, that if, you know, Al McGregor has now played for 90 minutes against Spain and running the 92nd minute and David Villa's running towards him and he's going to have to dive at his feet and potentially get an, inju- an injury. There was a goalkeeper at the weekend in one of the lower league games in England, broke his nose, got a fr- cheekbone fracture. He's going to dive towards that guy's feet because he's thinking, right, well, actually, I should maybe risk injury to myself because the SFA aren't backing me up. No, I understand that. I think he would do it anyway. He's a good pro, Al McGregor. But he would. Um, but, that, but again, though, he's not getting the, the, the professionalism return to him that he's exhibiting. No, I, th- I think that. so. I think that what happened to him was, was shocking. Um, and we've, we've covered earlier. So that was a really impassioned, impassioned speech, Cameron. And, and I think that, you know, that is as close as you've come. I'm still not going to uh, win it. Of course you're not going to win it. Um, you know, firstly, you don't get to win. Uh, and secondly, the other entrant was me. I'm going to put this towards you, Edgar. I think that this committee is as bent as the SFA Disciplinary Committee. I care. What do you think of that? I don't care. You are George Pete. I don't value your opinion. You're nothing no, to me. True. Right. You know, to, to be fair, Scott's in holiday. You know, Mark, I didn't want to see that often. Fraser was on last week. It was you. You know, you're, you're not here through any... You know, the, the listeners know. I'm, I'm trying to pass this off to them that somehow you're here is a good thing. Whereas the listeners are well aware that you are the sort of, you know, little of, of the supermarket. Well, we, may, we may be in Waitrose, yeah. you know, so... Uh, your opinion means nothing to me you've lost right because you are a loser you can't see this listeners but I'm doing the L sign so that, that Cameron's How well aware that he's, a, awesome. that he's a loser awesome you're like the kind of guy who watches X Factor oh wait you are a guy who watches X Factor proudly Fagner to win right that's pretty much us for this week Cameron it's just a little mini pod uh, we've got the Motherwell game coming up on Saturday, Saturday. should be three points hope so hope so Motherwell are Doing quite well under Craig Brown. I think that, you know, he's got them quite well galvanised and stuff. Craig well, Brown, so. of course, who this season um, won a square goal. Aye, with, mad, uh, mad for it. <laughs> big mad mental Craig. I'd still back Walter in a well, square goal, to be fair. Walter would, would kick his... He, he's in, who would Archie go to if he saw a squabble between them two? I think Archie would be torn. I think, you know, I think he'd be torn at all. I think he'd help Walter give Craig a leathering, to be honest with you. Uh, Archie was a, a legendary man. I remember seeing that Gaza documentary in um, 95 season, 95-96 season. And uh, Gaza had been injured, and just as he was coming back for his first day of training, Archie Knox organised a pile-up on him. And you begin to suspect that might have been the reason that we had so many injuries back then. Yeah, did Gaza not get a leathering as well when he came back for Euro 96 after the goal against Gorham? Mm. And I'm sure that they not get some treatment when he came back for that as well. Probably Knox. There's also the famous, possibly apocryphal, but... Probably not story of what Gaza did to Eric Bo Anderson because of his uh, apocryphal lifestyle. Right, here's a question for you. Why is Archie Knox not on the BBC panel? Is that not a guy you would want to listen to when he turns oh, out? Archie would just call it as is. That's a shoot. I'd want to listen to Archie. Turn over. Talking about it, but uh, that's the thing. Well, Pat Evans got the gig, right? And I think Pat Evans not going to lose the gig because otherwise he could, he could like say to the guy who's in charge of getting the gig, you know, I'll go and look at your child. And the guy's going... Ooh. I think it's I think it's worse than that. I think he's actually said to the guy, "I have your child, <laughs> and if you'd like to see them again, you're going intact, to let me go in there with my pen." Yeah, uh, yeah no, you, can, it, you can forget it that. Could well you know. be okay. And with that, all that leaves for me to do is to thank our uh, producer and sound engineer, Mister Chris Osborne, to thank our executive producers in London, Mister Paul Myers and Mister Mike Lee, to thank my guest, the Bell End Cameron Bell, and uh, just to let you know, my name's David Edgar. I've been your host, and I look forward to talking to you all again next week. Cheers. This is a Playback Media production. 
Get all the associated links for this podcast at ibroxrocks.com. If you'd like to sponsor or advertise on this podcast, please call our marketing partners, Sports Revolution, on 0207 580 2850 or drop them a line at info at sportsrevolution.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.